Get ready, everybody. It's that time of the year where we're all hyped up until about, I don't know, three to six months later when we're inevitably let down by the games we've been following for so long. It's E3 week, and it's coming up right after the woo. Yeah, 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 woo! Well, everybody, it's E3. Uh, this is the time of the year where I try and remind you to temper your expectations on products that are being released, especially based off of those that are on a stage, on a huge screen, or if you're watching it from home, that you're watching the trailer from while this event is going on. It's kind of crazy because throughout the past couple of years, we've had a lot of games that have gotten us all hyped up, and then they came out, and we were still kind of excited, and a couple of months later, it kind of just died down for a lot of people. Some people didn't. Some of you are very faithful to the games and products that you stand behind, and I give you nothing but uh, applause and credit for that because I can't do it. There's just times where I see games and I'm like, why Why am I still playing this? And it just, it kind of, I mean, doing a podcast aside, like uh, a lot of people ask me, you know, why I like The Division so much. And it's because it's like Diablo. And that's why I like The Division so much. And people always ask me, you know, why you stopped doing Warlock School. And it's because I don't like Destiny anymore. And it's just one of those things where you kind of switch up your game plan because, you know, you realize that you're done with the horse you're riding on and you want to ride a different horse, which is a really weird analogy now that I think about it. But uh, E3 is uh, this big juggernaut that is slowly, I don't really know if it's kind of dying or what, but it just seems like with all the uh, online streaming coverage, not so many people are as interested in it anymore or they're interested, but you know, it's just like people go out to E3 to drink with their buddies at this point, which is what I think E3 is kind of like. It's like, you know what it's like? It's like the night before Thanksgiving where all your friends are home from college and you're all visiting your parents in another town and or different place than you live where you originally grew up. Then you go out and you drink and hopefully not get pulled over by the police because you were stupid enough to drive while drunk. Take a fucking cab. What is wrong with you? Anyway, uh, so yeah, E3. It's a thing and it's here. And Xbox has already had their conference and Bethesda had theirs. So I kind of thought that we could go through it and kind of break it down for those who haven't been paying attention to the coverage or enjoy audio format. So, hey, here I am. Oh, boy, it's your boy, Rem. Please like, rate, and subscribe to this video. No, I'm just kidding. This is audio. Uh, so, Xbox conference. Uh, I kind of uh, speculated that the Xbox One X, uh, which was read as Scorpio now, uh, was going to be called Xbox One or Xbox gonna... Or what was it? X gonna give it to you box. That's what it was. And, uh, you know, not a lot of people thought that was funny. I did. I don't care. But, uh, yeah, so the Scorpio, which I'd rather keep calling it, is $4.99. I think Xbox One X, or they basically spelled, oh, my God, it's crazy, X-B-O-X. -X. Okay, it's Xbox. I get it. Um, but, yeah, so $499. And that kind of seems a little pricey for a console. Like, they're falling into that weird territory again where their messaging and pricing is kind of out of whack. And it doesn't matter how powerful the Xbox is. It doesn't matter how many times Major Nelson has a processor in his mouth and he's like, look at me, this is my new Twitter profile picture. And I'm not insulting him. I get he's hyped about it. Like, you know, he is basically the voice of Xbox. It's crazy when you think about it. But, you know, he has a lot of hand and I'm sure a lot of people are into that. So, yeah, it has a really powerful processor and the most powerful that you've seen in a console to date. And that's fine. My computer is probably still better and that's okay. But the thing that I've been trying to figure out is 
what's the audience that are going to buy this? I mean, outside of the 4K supporters. So it's people who don't want to build a gaming PC of that same price point, which you can do roughly. Like, it's not impossible. Like, you could do a cheap AMD build and probably run a 4K PC. It's not going to be an exact science. And, you know, you got to keep in mind, too, a lot of the Xbox games are going to be dumbed down uh, graphically. It doesn't matter what you think it's going to be or how powerful it's going to be. Console versions are always streamlined for consoles. That's how it works. They're all based off a of Big Daddy PC or sometimes, and I'm kind of assuming Destiny 2 is console and then they're porting it to PC, which is going to be a nightmare, but that's a whole different story. But anyway, so consoles are always going to have their own version of a game and it's always going to be different and look different than the PC version, especially a PC version that's 4K, if there is such a thing at this point, which there is, and I'm saying that sarcastically because I don't really know a whole lot of gamers that bought into the 4k thing um i think a couple of irq guys did but it, it's hard for me to remember off the top of my head but anyway the other type of person who's going to buy this is the xbox diehard which is dwindling because xbox doesn't have a whole lot of exclusives anymore and a lot of people are switching over to p uh playstation or the ps4 pro or whatever whatever they can get their hands on i mean you can get a playstation 4 for pretty cheap right now and it's not the slim you know it's one of the used ones but hey, it's still a PS4, and that's probably where a lot of your friends are right now. So Xbox really needs to jump up on their game here because I, I couldn't see a reason to buy Scorpio. Like, I watched the conference and the presentation, and I was like, cool, it's like my computer, but not. And, you know, I mean, the other thing, too, is that with a console, you don't have to worry about drivers and all that happy horse shit, which is fine. You know, like, I just had to update my Radeon drivers at one point so I could play Diablo 3 again, which I thought was crazy because the Division was still running and never understood it, so... That's a whole different story. Um, also, too, uh, if you were a fan of the original Xbox, some of those games are, or a lot of the games, I guess, are coming back to the Xbox One. So, I mean, if you ever get tired of playing modern games and you don't feel like you have enough exclusives, I guess you'll have those again. I don't really know where they're going with this. It's kind of like backwards compatibility, but it's not backwards compatibility. It's kind of like when PlayStation sells uh, PS2 games on PS4. You know, it's weird. But anyway, uh, I kind of... I'm not going to lie, that's the point of the conference where I started to zone out for a couple of minutes until they showed Crackdown 3, which I was kind of excited about for a couple of minutes, and then I was like, okay, cool, well, that'll be out whenever it's out, and hopefully it doesn't get delayed again, and it might not, and, you know, I mean, they've been talking about Crackdown 3 for years, so we'll see what happens. Um, so Assassin's Creed, uh, this is really the interesting uh, part of this entire conference for me, is I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fan. Uh, I played almost all of the games. I have not played Rogue. I have not played uh, through the one that was in Paris that I didn't like, Unity. And I did not play Syndicate. So those are three of the big games I didn't play. I didn't play any of the side-scrollers, platformers, or whatever you want to call them either. Uh, B-Shek did, so good for B-Shek. Uh, he's more of an Assassin's Creed fan than I am, I guess. But this one's going to be in Egypt, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. And it's weird because... Um, it looks very kind of like Zelda-ish with the loot and maybe even Dark Souls for some of you Dark Souls fans that have never played Zelda. And there are a lot of you actually, as it turns out. So, um, you're playing as a Magi, which, uh, I guess they're doing really going to town with the inspired by historical events and characters. This work of fiction was designed, developed and produced by a multicultural team of various beliefs, sexual orientations and gender identities, which is the new tagline and good for them for that. Um, so they're really going to town with that, it seems like. Uh, but the Magi, from what I remember from church, uh, weren't they the wise men? I, I could be wrong here. Um, I, I know that Magi is also used in like D&D &D for like wizards and stuff like that. And, you know, it's the 
the shortened word for magic, but they were saying it was a sheriff, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me because I thought that was the Medjai, which was the uh, people from the mummy who were the Pharaoh's bodyguards. I, I could totally be wrong here, and my historical nonsense is probably off because I didn't spend hours researching this for a game about Egypt, but it just hopefully they know what they're doing better than I do because it seems a little weird. Um, but this will be interesting at least to see where they're going with the series because if this deals more with Christianity and we've already dealt with the Catholic thing from the Borgias and all that, you know, and uh, with Syndicate being pretty all right, I don't think we really have a lot to worry about with the year off thing that they're doing now. So who's, who knows? We'll see what happens. But yeah, the, the messaging on that is really confused. Like I'm not sure if it's supposed to be Magi or Magi and it, it just seems a little confusing to me. Um, so a lot of people... Uh, also are losing their shit about Anthem. Uh, Anthem is kind of a mix of a bunch of different games at this point. I don't even know why we try comparing it to other games. Like, uh, it kind of looks like it's Mass Effect, but with jetpacks, I've heard and I've seen that it's like a Mass Effect, but with the Divisions multiplayer. And, you know, I've seen a lot of comments, which is kind of funny. And I've seen videos all on my Twitter feed this morning. I don't really have much to comment on. It looks neat. Um, you know, I saw the weapon and I was like, oh, cool. There's a weapon with all these stats on it. That's pretty cool. I don't know if I can get into that. Like normally the only way you'll get me into a game like that is if there's a blood pack. So um, if you're into cars and I'm not, uh, Forza has more cars. Yay. Woohoo. Forza. Yeah. Forza. Uh, and Bethesda, they were kind of up later on. And what happened was is uh, they had Bethesda Land, which was their own, I guess self-inspired theme park which is kind of cool um i saw some pictures of it i kind of liked how they were doing that and bethesda is always interesting because their conference is always so out there compared to everybody else's and i say that in the nicest way possible um you know it seems very straightforward and then they usually get to the eso stuff and i kind of zonk out it's not like ubisoft where i'm kind of giggling every now and then um but so anyway uh dishonored death of the outsider that's a new one that's coming out in D september it looks like this year because this year is 2017 it's a new story from what i can tell i don't know if it's dlc or not uh it, i i tried to research this before the show real quick just so i didn't sound like a moron but people are saying it's a new title so it, i guess it's not dlc but anyway uh, moving on, if you are a modder and you love modding games and modding things and modding all aspects of life, uh, you can make some cash off the mods from the Creation Club, it looks like, which I think is probably the second or third attempt that Bethesda has done to make paid mods a thing. And uh, I'm not sure how well this is going to work out because it seems like it didn't work out very well the first or second time there. And I believe it was two times prior. I could totally be wrong on this one, but I remember reading about it. And, uh, you know, I hope people do get paid for the mods they make because that one guy made um, that one mod who works for Bungie now, I guess. And it was the one where uh, all new voice acting and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. People are really into that. So hopefully it happens. And, you know, if you are a modder, I hope you make money off it because, man, I support your dreams. I really do. Uh, Wolfenstein, oh Wolfenstein, oh BJ, apparently you ain't dead, but you're back with the new Colossus, which I don't know what that's about really, I watched the trailer, it seems kind of cool, I never got into the uh, Wolfenstein games necessarily, I had a friend who I watched play through uh, the last one and I was like, cool, that was a good game, and I'm glad I didn't have to watch it, very similarly uh, to me, <laughs> Me watching someone play Metal Gear Solid 4, uh, or at least watching or texting me when the cutscenes were up and I walked over to their apartment. So thanks, Cecil. Uh, Skyrim is going to be on Switch and it's going to have amiibo support, apparently. And this is for you nerds that just can't get enough of looking like Link. Um, I don't know why you'd want that in Skyrim. That seems kind of weird, but it seems very. Uh, 
I guess they're trying to do that Breath of the Wild thing joke where, you know, it's like, hey, look at me. I'm Breath of the Wild in Skyrim. That's kind of funny. And it sort of is, I guess. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it necessarily. Uh, lastly, from what I took away from, and this is order of importance to me, uh, the VR front, uh, Fallout 4 is coming in October, which, which is cool. Uh, you know, I make fun of VR a lot because I don't think it's there yet. And, you know, I've tried it and I can't really, I can't say to myself, hey, I'm going to buy a VR kit and do whatever I have to do to play VR games because I'm just I'm not there as a person I don't have that kind of disposable income to do that sort of thing so uh, you know if you're into VR at least you're getting Fallout 4 and apparently Doom's on the way so that's kind of cool for you I guess uh, now E3 we have a lot more conferences going on PlayStation's coming up today at some point I don't remember what time I'm kind of doing chores and whatever else I have to do today but you should really temper your expectations about what's coming out. Now, while this stuff looks really shiny and awesome, we've been through this a few times. And, you know, you saw it with other games that have been released. And it's crazy because these other games, you know, you were so into. And then they came out and you're like, nah, I don't want to play this. And it's crazy because it has to do with the speed of reviews and the speed of uh, YouTube and Twitch and Mixer, I suppose, for those of you who are on Mixer. You know, it's these people spreading the games and telling you what they liked about it and what they didn't. And, you know, I have a feeling that this cycle around, specifically this year, we're going to see a lot more people that are saying that they don't like the game or they like the game. And the thing that you should always do with streamers or YouTubers is figure out which ones are actually honest and which ones aren't. And this is really important because there are a lot of streamers out there that are just playing the game because, you know, they may be getting a kick Back. It doesn't matter what that kickback happens to be. It could be a flight somewhere to look at top secret stuff. It could be anything else. And I'm not saying it exists very often. I'm just saying there's a lot of the reasons why you see streamers playing a specific game. One, it's an audience that they've already uh, kind of acquired. Two, it's because there might be some sort of promotion that's going on with it. Three, it's because they want new viewers. Now, those are the three reasons why people play fresh, hot games. It's why PlayerUnknown's Battleground is so huge right now. It's because people love that watching people kill each other in that game. And it's a great game. I mean, I played Arma 3 Battle Royale, and I've watched Abbott stream this game. So, I mean, it, it's very similar to what I'm used to. So, I... Uh, you know, when I sit here and I see all these new releases come out and I see people streaming them day one, but then day two, the audience starts to die down and day three, it's almost non-existent. That's when I start to get worried. And when I see games like this at E3, I'm wondering which one of these games are the ones that are going to die down after a month and which ones aren't? Which ones are going to be the ones that have the cult following and which ones aren't? And it's really interesting to try and get down into that dichotomy. And hopefully all of you at home are tempering your expectations because you don't want to spend all this money on things you don't want. So just remember... Don't get too excited because it may not be everything you want. We've all been through this before with so many games, especially Hello Kitty Adventure Island. Anyway, hey, I'm Remy or Jeremy or whatever you want to call me, and I am totally out of coffee at this point. My cup is barren and dry. It is void of coffee, folks. Uh, anyway, if you like this show, though, feel free to send a mail to MMC, as in my morning coffee, at ninjapancake.com. Oh, ninjapancake.com, you sweet, sweet beauty, you. We have a bunch of shows on there for your enjoyment. Please go check them out, ninjapancake.com, and send some love to your favorite creators. Say what's up. Send them an email. Ask them how they're doing. Anyway, folks, uh, I am just out of coffee and out of time. We'll talk later. Have a good day. Bye.